Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening. You're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show. Guest host Rocco P. Last Friday nights of the month. And this is not only the last Friday night of the month of November 2018. This is the last night of the month period. 2018 KRP Radio Show. Thank you, Pudgy Miller, again, for letting me use your platform. Tonight, we will be discussing the CIA versus President Trump, the Ashogi murder. The Ashogi murder. Last month, I had covered uh, the Ashogi, apparent Ashogi execution, uh, which now the Saudis have even admitted uh, he was killed in the consulate, in the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey. And tonight's uh, tonight's show is different, it's a different angle than last month. Uh, there'll be a little overlay. Uh, there'll be uh, there'll be some stuff I'll repeat, but for the most part, uh, tonight the story is framed as a conflict between the CIA and President Trump. Whenever you see a story that won't die, and particularly a story that is pretty much universally trumpeted by uh, and outside the media and the halls of government, there's always something there. This particular aspect of the story, though, now has changed. The story did have a life of its own, but now there's a clear conflict as of really uh, a month ago when the story had broken back in October. The uh, the fake, what uh, Gerald Salente would call the prostitute media or the lamestream media, what other people call the mainstream media, the corporate media basically was in unison with Republicans and Democrats denouncing uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, for allowing this to happen. From the inception of the story, from the, from the very beginning, the president of Turkey, Erdogan, has essentially stated he had evidence that would implicate uh, MBS. Crown Prince um, Mohammed bin Salman, and that evidence was then presented to a number of countries, including including the United States. There's supposedly audio evidence. The CIA has also said they have additional evidence, and uh, the plot really thickens. But now again, the story has changed because it went from initial, you know, government in you know, the D.C., the District of Criminals, both parties and the two-party duopoly agreeing with the mainstream media, with corporate media. And they really flipped on MBS because MBS was their, uh, you know, he was their darling. Uh, the Saudi government has always been corrupt as a monarchy. And as I essentially concluded last, last month's show, if the United States of America, if the, the government of the United States of America had a coherently moral foreign policy, then there would never be any support whatsoever in any way, shape, or form, militarily or economically, for Saudi Arabia, period. Done. Over. Case closed. Saudi Arabia is far more immoral than Iran. All the war they were beating against Iran. It's disgustingly amateurish propaganda that's had to say many people will absorb in the states. Saudi Arabia is a filthy country. They execute political dissidents. They execute women. They, they literally behead people. It's not only illegal 
to evangelize if you're a Christian in Saudi Arabia. It's illegal to attend church in Saudi Arabia. You'd have to go to a certain government-type compound. It's it's disgusting. It's, it's a filthy country. It always has been. And you have to see Saudi Arabia in the context of the Anglo-American Empire. Yes, that's right, the Anglo-American Empire, which I would prefer to call the New World Order, where Saudi Arabia was essentially created by Britain to further their purposes. So the Saudi royal family was essentially concocted or created by the Brits, but they've always made political prisoners disappear. Um, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, has been particularly disgusting, reprehensible, and wicked and filthy, in that he executed a member of the royal family early on in his regime. Uh, and you know, he tortured them to death to extort them for money. Um, and it was very interesting that that was completely, just about completely ignored by the corporate mainstream prostitute media. And um, yeah, U.S. officials, including uh, yeah, Donald J. Trump and his corrupt son-in-law, Jared Kirchner, uh, they lavished praise upon MBS when he came to power. And then when he tortured and even executed at least one member of the royal family, you know, that was that was basically winked at. Uh, it was without any details, it says he was cleaning up corruption. That's what that was. But then when Hashogi, who was Washington Post columnist at the end of his life, and as I had mentioned last week, I'll get into that more, he's basically a CIA asset. And when I say that, I'm not saying he was directly working for the CIA, he's working with the CIA. Maine should not come as a surprise to you if you listened to this show before that uh, the CIA, U.S. intelligence, has assets directly and indirectly throughout the media. And that explains why the media will basically echo government points. The, uh, so much is, is theater when they talk about you know, the uh, you know, this or that, left versus right, you know, Democrats in the media being liberal bias and all. Uh, they push the government. They push the government. Uh, they push the government's policies at the macro level. That's why, for example, when Trump flipped, when President Trump did a 180 from candidate Trump and then lobbed some missiles into Syria, you know, the, the press loved that. They, just, they loved it. There was no criticism. So to give some background is this. Now, as the story has changed, there's a clear dichotomy here and between the presentation is being, the story really, the narrative is being presented by the CIA and the narrative that's being presented by President Donald J. Trump. And essentially the uh, the difference is this, or the conflict is this. The CIA has in a very deliberate and concerted fashion leaked intel stating that, that MBS was responsible for the death of Hashogi, or Hashogi, I'd say Hashogi. President Trump vehemently denies that. And it's very interesting, then, that leads to the question we'll explore also on the show, really, who is in charge of the CIA or the United States Central Intelligence Agency? If a sitting president is stating outright and claiming to state authoritatively, even in Trumpian fashion, and you know we know Trump loves to contradict himself, yeah, whether he loves to or not, he does it. But Trump, who's known for massive hyperbole, uh, in this instance, again, he's basically saying the CIA is dead wrong. But again, there's been a very concerted effort, and we'll see that 
moment by the CIA to leak the story that originally, I believe, was leaked to the Washington Post, which uh, a number of people in the alternative or new media would say the Washington Post is CIA's favorite paper. <laughs> it's not their only paper, but perhaps that's their favorite paper, the Washington Post, a.k.a. the Washington Compost. So I'm going to play some clips now of some uh, corporate media, TV corporate media uh, reports, and I'll identify who they are, and you'll see exactly what is being sold. The first one is from CNN. CNN, November 16, 2018. Breaking news tonight on a very dark subject, the murder of American-based Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, specifically whether the de facto Saudi ruler, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, ordered the killing. According to new reporting, which first broke in the Washington Post, the CIA has concluded the answer is yes, which may be tough for the White House to swallow, given how tightly the administration has tied its fortunes to that prince known by many as MBS. The Post, John Hudson, did some of the reporting on this story. He joins us now. John, thanks for joining us. The CIA's conclusion that the crown prince ordered the assassination of Khashoggi, what's it based on? Do we know? So this comes from multiple intelligence sources. Uh, this, obviously, the you know, a major part of this is the audio that the Turks had, uh, but the CIA had multiple sources of information, uh, including a phone call uh, that was made by the Saudi ambassador to the United States uh, to Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, and so it was, it's, it's based on a number of pieces of evidence, and it is a high-confidence assessment uh, by the CIA that Mohammed bin Salman ordered the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi. And again, in that reporting, you suggest, among other things, that it was the Saudi ambassador who suggested to Khashoggi that he go to the Turkish embassy. That Saudi ambassador issued a statement tonight vehemently denying those claims. What do you make of that? Yeah, so uh, we included uh, the essence of the statement uh, in the denial. Uh, you could see him on Twitter saying that you know he, they provided a large, longer statement, uh, and then they published that. Out, they put that out there, uh, but we boiled down the essence of that and, and put that in the story. Uh, but of course, we also reflected what we've heard uh, from other sources uh, uh, for on this story, um, people familiar with the situation. And President Trump, you're reporting he has been briefed on this. He has been told the intelligence community thinks that the crown prince ordered this assassination. Do we know what his reaction has been? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we've seen the reaction and we've seen this play out uh, over several days uh, that the president has always said that the relationship that the United States with Saudi Arabia is important. Uh, but he's also made, you know, made it very clear that he believes this was one of the worst cover-ups ever. So what they've tried to do is balance what is a growing amount of evidence that this was uh, something directed by very senior Saudi leadership. Uh, and they've tried to balance that with uh, the reality that they would like to keep this relationship uh, with the crown prince, who they've tried to cultivate a very strong relationship with uh, for a couple of years now, and which was they consider the linchpin of their Middle East strategy. John Hudson, terrific reporting. Thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. John Hudson there was uh, is, uh, directly works for the Washington Post, and you saw his talking points. Multiple sources, very confident. Multiple sources, not just the audio 
that the, that the Turkish government has released to the U.S. and other countries. Multiple sources, but they said clearly it was there. So that was CNN. And listen, as you see, similar talking points being parroted elsewhere. This is CBS this morning, November 19th. Well, we've learned about new evidence implicating the crown prince. CBS News can confirm that the CIA has intelligence that substantiates an assessment that Mohammed bin Salman ordered the killing. A bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers is now calling for strong action against the Saudi leadership. Holly Williams is the only network correspondent in the Saudi capital of Riyadh. Holly, good morning. Good morning. Here in Saudi Arabia, the country's leaders seem to be watching and waiting to see what President Trump does next. The president is under pressure from Congress, and if he now comes out and confirms that U.S. intelligence believes that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was behind the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, that could be catastrophic for the current regime here. Remember, Saudi Arabia first denied it knew anything about Jamal Khashoggi's disappearance, then it finally admitted he died inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. It claimed in a fistfight. Then last week, there was a new version of events from the prosecutor here who said a team was sent to Turkey to bring Khashoggi to Saudi Arabia by force if necessary, but then a team leader decided to kill him with a lethal injection. We were at a press conference here on Thursday where the Saudi foreign minister said the crown prince had been exonerated of any involvement. Eleven people have now been indicted here. Five of them could face the death penalty. Those men presumably know the truth, including perhaps who ultimately gave the order to kill Jamal Khashoggi. And the fear is they could be put to death before they have a chance to tell the outside world what happened. Biana. Holly Williams in Saudi Arabia. So important to have you there. Thank you. Casey, it's about talking points with additional information. It is not to clarify my position. It's not as if I would trust the Central Intelligence Agency, particularly with these leaks, with unverified sources going to the Washington Post or the Washington Compost. However, it is very interesting, again, to stress the conflict here. There's a clear division. They're saying the CIA clearly has this information. And, of course, you know, they're not multiple sources not telling you who. And, of course, uh, you, this may shock some of you that are listening to that, but of course the CIA will, Ken Vaughn has lied about things, extremely important things concerning U.S. security. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, the, the point that the corporate media is pushing is extremely relevant. Here, the Saudis had changed their story multiple times. They had three main versions. In the last version, they said, yep, team went in, they were supposed to bring them back, it went south, and they executed them there in the consulate. Very interesting. So the Saudis admit that. So then these other people, this team, I forget how many, I don't have the names for you, then they throw this out. Well, Saudi, some Saudi official then said, uh, MBS has been completely exonerated. And notice how, again, there's no, what's the evidence? In other words, if let's, talk, let's hear the other people talk, let's hear those on the team publicly talk and say, okay, it was an MBS then. Since someone at a high level in the Saudi government or the execution of a shogi was an MBS. But you notice how both sides, the CIA is confidently pushing the talking points to the mainstream corporate press, the two media, multiple sources, MBS ordered it. The Saudis respond and say, well, MBS has been exonerated based upon what? Upon air, based upon a whole lot of silence. And the other point that they threw out in that, in that, C, in that NBC uh, piece I just played is that very logical, you know, very rational, 
very rational observation. If you have the group of people now, the current version of reality is that this team was sent to bring him back to Saudi Arabia, in which case he would have disappeared. They would have killed him. Saudi, Saudi royal family has done that before at MBS. Uh, strong tradition of you know, killing political opponents, you know, bringing people back and having them disappear. But uh, there's no evidence again. Uh, it's okay. Well, we say we're, we're our, this person represents you know, the monarchy. He represents MBS. Just say he's exonerated, and uh, that's it. Where's the evidence? So, it, obviously, that there's still that there's facts that you know we're, we are not hearing. But once again, to stress my perspective, there's a clear conflict here between the CIA and and President Trump. I didn't pull up the Trump video. There, there was a great one. It was classic even for Trump. His when he was cornered on this at one point, and he, you know, Trump just even for him, it was just like it was just pure and utter idiocy. I should have pulled up that video, but I didn't. But we'll go back to, again, the corporate talking points, corporate media talking points. One more that uh, I could pull up. Give me a moment here, and I will get that up for you. Once again, always look at a story when the story won't die, and always be particularly, partic- always pay particular attention when the corporate media is, is really lockstep, when they basically throw out the same Again, this all goes back. The CIA chose to leak it through their favorite paper, the Washington Post. You even heard Hudson on that first piece there. Hudson, who directly works for the Washington Post. The Washington. This will be five, in the past five, few minutes. Just in the. This will be Fox News, Brett Baer, and this was on, this was released on November 16th. In the past few minutes, the Washington Post has moved a piece uh, that says the CIA concludes Saudi Crown Prince ordered Jamal Khashoggi's assassination. The Saudi journalist uh, killed in the Saudi uh, consulate in Istanbul. Uh, If true, and we haven't independently confirmed this, uh, one would think there's a lot of pressure on the administration to have some kind of different answer. Yeah, I think there is. I I imagine that Donald Trump is having an interesting conversation with Mike Pompeo about all of this. Um, And I I think it should prompt a different approach to to the way we've been dealing with the Saudis. This was so obviously a planned assassination from the top levels of power in, in Saudi Arabia. And you can't say, oh, we just have to protect our interests and define our interests solely as arms sales. We have other interests, including the, the, you know, the rule of law and the idea that you're not supposed to murder journalists who are inconvenient. Quickly, Susan. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Not a surprise, uh, but certainly puts pressure on the administration to do more than it's done to respond to this. Yeah, I totally concur with the two of them, and I, I think it is, uh, it's almost time to relook at our Middle East policy, you know, writ large. I mean, we're con- continuing to see just, you know, thousands of people still out of Syria, still can't get into their homes, no resolution there. And as we sort of pivot to China and Russia from a national security perspective, it's time to rethink our entire strategy in the Middle East. All right, so you saw Fox News again, the talking points from Washington Post, they had three, uh, Three, shall we say, commentators, panelists. First one uh, from the neoconservative National Review, started by uh, basically CIA 
CIA operative or asset William F. Buckley, Jonah Goldberg there. And it's funny the way they just talked about casually about the execution. Uh, it's like, yeah, well, then this would have to affect the relationship. It's like the concept of holding someone in government, whether it's in Saudi Arabia, which is a uh, you know, Wahhabistic uh, Islamic theocracy, really, uh, monarchy, or in the United States, the idea of actually holding someone at the highest levels of, of government and in, in holding them accountable, particularly for the execution, it's not even there. It's just like, they just say, okay, well, this would have to affect the relationship. That's it. It's just, yeah, this would, this would have to affect it. would have to affect it. So, you see, you see the talking points and you see the conflict again all over the place that they, uh, the CIA got that out. And again, Trump has responded and basically uh, said, you know, told him, uh, the, the, the clip I was going to play, I didn't pull up in time for Trump, is that it basically said, well, uh, and this what we just made classic Trump idiocy, is he, bas- is he, he basically said, well, the MBS says, says he didn't know about it. So that's that's good enough. I mean, he just so he said he didn't. So he I'm just as so that's the president of the United States. Well, MBS. I mean, Crown Prince just said uh, that's that's what he's saying. He just didn't know about. It. That's it. Uh, the there was a really interesting perspective here early on. This goes back. I'm going to go quote something from back in October 22nd, and this is from Pepe Escobar. Pepe Escobar is a Brazilian, he's a journalist, basically I would affiliate him with the newer alternative media. Uh, You see him on RT, Russia Today sometimes. I think he believes he's still working for the Asia Times. And he's been all over this. Uh, He's been all over the story from the beginning. But I'll read something he posted on, on Facebook. I'm sure he's written other, he's written articles. But this is what he posted on Facebook back on October 22nd. This is what was leaked by the Turkish daily Yeni Safak, who is quoting a Turkish paper, and that that's another thing I appreciate. One another thing I appreciate about about Escobar, not just his perspective, but he'll deal with sources that are uniformly, completely ignored by the corporate media. This is what was leaked by Turkish daily Yeni Safak, Pepe Escobar. Ashogi was detained by the Saudi team inside the consulate building. Then Prince Mohammed contacted Ashogi by phone and tried to convince him to return to Riyadh. Then Ashogi refused Prince Mohammed's offer out of fear he would be arrested and killed if he returned. The assassination team then killed Ashogi after the conversation ended. Now, right then and there, if you stop, that's essentially what uh, what the Saudis eventually admitted a couple weeks later. Going back to Escobar's comments, well, this leak is arguably part of Erdogan's, that's the Turkish president's, killer specially plans to announce in detail tomorrow. And again, that was the audio tape that's been released to a number of governments, including the United States. But now there's a completely different narrative doing the rounds. According to this narrative, the U.S. deep state handed out a fortune for Ashogi to organize a coup against Bonesaw. Bonesaw is Pepe Escobar's sarcastic nickname for MBS instead of Mohammed bin Salman Mohammed Bonesaw. Because the initial stories were saying that uh, that Shogi was cut up in the consulate. According to this narrative, the U.S. deep state handed out a fortune for Shogi to organize against Bonesaw. Makes sense. Shogi was CIA embedded in the Washington Post. And again, uh, 
Pepe Escobar is not providing evidence for that, I think there is very good reason to believe that is the case. I think, you know, in my from my perspective, it's overwhelming. I'll show you only with the Washington Post about a year after he self-exiled, roughly in the United States. But you look at Hishogi's Hishogi's uh, background; he was deeply, deeply tied to U.S. and Saudi intelligence. This is a guy who had interviewed Osama, uh, Osama bin Laden numerous times. That does that did not happen in Afghanistan unless. Uh, unless you were connected to the CIA. Just that that wasn't going to happen. So Shoghi arranged to meet with 17 members of the Saudi Royal Guard at the consulate in Istanbul to hand over the funds. But then the Royal Guard or hit squad turned the tables and had him admit on tape that the funds came from Western Intel and Pulp Fiction went ahead. The U.S. deep state, especially the CIA, bent on regime change in, regime change in, in Riyadh fits with all the info I received from my best sources for months now. But if this new narrative is true, Riyadh should have the confession tape and could have released it by now, killing the story. Well, and yeah, that has not come out. The interesting too with, with audio, anyone's audio is that this isn't science fiction. We're about to say audio can easily be manipulated. Okay, audio can be manipulated. Right now, due to technology, you know, we have audio of former U.S. presidents. We could have them. We could, you know, have someone like. Uh, Richard M. Nixon, his voice saying he assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Uh, technology exists to really do amazing things with audio, and to a lesser extent also with video. That could be manipulated also. But once again, whatever has happened, again, for the purposes of the show tonight, there's a clear dichotomy here. There's a clear rift between the CIA. The CIA is pushing real hard and have gotten their points out saying they have concluded that uh, Ashogi's assassination was ordered by MBS. And basically, the the evidence would seem to indicate that. Again, when you have a monarchy and Ashogi had already uh, tortured and even killed members of the royal family when he initially got in power, and you have that strong tradition in Saudi Arabia of, of killing political opponents, uh, yeah, would seem objectively that the weight of evidence would favor that view, and then you got you got Donald J. Trump saying, "Well, MBS said no, MBS said he didn't know. That's it." And of course, you have you have uh, you have someone else working for MBS in a monarchy saying, "Well, he's been exonerated, exonerated based upon what?" Especially when there's no access to the so-called hit squad, the people who will probably be dead if they're not dead already very soon. So. That is that's the way that's the way it is uh, the story is unfolding. I put it I put one more twist into this uh, as far as as far as what what has happened from since MBS has been in power. Pepe Escobar had previously said when MBS had set up shop when he initially had the reign of terror he converted a, uh, a luxury motel in Riyadh into a torture center and he extorted literally millions and millions of dollars from other members of the royal family. The deal was, if you give me all your money, I'll let you stay alive. And many of them flipped. One person uh, didn't succumb to the torture and then died, at least one that we know of. So MBS, the way this was presented by Escobar, and again, it's, 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 it's a possibility. And I, I got a call here. It's a possibility is that this happened with uh, between the CIA is because there's conflict that supposedly Trump's son-in-law Jared then wanted MBS to prevail 
So he, at, at a highest level of government, had CIA documents or information, and then he tipped off MBS to all those CIA assets that were working in the royal family, and those are the people that he extorted, tortured, and killed. So as far as this whole thing went, went down the embassy in Turkey, it is very, very possible that this could have been a setup by the CIA. In other words, they could have easily flipped on their own Hishogi because they, they probably did the assessment and thought, we'll need public outrage to get rid of MBS. So they uh, they could have easily wanted to show you their own to die to uh, for the, for their uh, further cause. Good evening. You're on the KRP radio show. Last Friday night of the month, Rocco P. May I have your name and where you're from? Hey, it's Pianchi Calvin Midwest. <clears throat> How you where doing? You good. Calling from the Midwest. You know, good good deal. My view got? is this. Reporters come a dime a dozen. And this guy is not worth the military <laughs> contract that uh, we will lose. And I'm going to give you an example. I'm from St. Louis. Okay. I'm from St. Louis and Boeing Aircraft. Okay. It's got a $9.2 okay. billion contract for planes. And I think it's a $2.4 billion contract for helicopters. Not including General Dynamics. Not including Martin Marietta and the others that will be putting Americans to work so that they can do the things that families want to do. And since 1945, how many cases have the CIA been involved in in killing people? I mean, they killed Patrice Lumumba of the Congo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is, I mean, it's worth smiling at, but. Uh, Raphael Trujillo of uh, Dominican Republic, what the uh, DM of South Vietnam, another Indonesian uh, uh, president. Yeah, again, yeah, in Chile. Yeah, we can name them all. Yep. We, yep. But you know, here's the point: this diagnosed news service nowadays is so so treacherous. They are treacherous. Trump is doing the right thing, and they want to complain about it so that they can have something to report. I guess they're running out of stuff to report on. Kind of remind me of global warming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Al Gore. Al Gore's warned us. He cares. cares You know what? How many many ice ages have this world had that we know of? (laughs) I think it's like 16. Huh? Uh, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, the, the, the scientific evidence behind anthropogenic or man-made global warming is non-existent. It's just another attempt by the New World Order to, to further tax us out of existence and control our lives. It's it's really that simple. I mean, there's you no know what I would, there's no controls in China. There's none in China. You know what I would so, like to see Trump do? But if he did, me and you would have to help guard him. I'd like to see him audit <laughs> the Federal Reserve. And Fort Knox, and I think that the United States should get off of this fractional currency and print their own, and let it be controlled by the U.S. Treasury. Why in the hell would we need a Federal Reserve anyway? That's we that's charging interest, which equates to debt. This is some dumb crap. I mean, well, you may know you about it. it, but a lot of people haven't got the slightest idea no, no. about that. No, no, you, you, you understand. I mean, you, you touch on part. I mean, part of the core of the power structure. I mean, the golden rule, uh, he who has the gold rules, 
the United States for over 100 years after, you know, the, I believe, third attempt at, at a at a uh, private central bank. It worked with when they deceived the U.S. government, they deceived the U.S. people. They started the Federal Reserve, and you're right, most people don't realize that the the U.S. dollar is the Federal Reserve note, meaning our currency and credit, the, the country's currency and credit is controlled by a private central banking cartel. Therefore, when we talk about the debt and the interest, and obviously the, you know, the media as well as those in government are complicit in confusing the public, they talk about the deficit, the deficit, the deficit, the debt, the debt, the debt. It's like if we controlled our own currency, there would be no debt. But every time a dollar is created, it's a debt instrument. U.S. Treasury, as you well know, has to create, has to basically issue Treasury bonds, bills, or notes, sell those to the private Federal Reserve in exchange to get dollars. It, it, it's it's a criminal. Of course, it's criminal. It's a damn. I would love it's, to it's see it. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's a. It's horrible. It's, it, it is. It's, it's, it's just terrible. It's horrible. But uh, like I said before, you know, half of the people, because of a lot of reasons, and I say it's the wretched educational system, they just don't understand this. They operate off of emotions. You know, any discussion well. about the debt, any, any discussion about the deficit, and people don't know the difference between deficit and debt, but anything about either one of those two D topics. Then, on the other hand, they say they want they want free medical, they want open borders, they want prescriptions to be taken care of, they want more school lunch pro. They want all these things, but you have to ask, well, who in the hell is going to pay for this? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I hear you. I, I would love I would love if Mr. Trump would do that, but again, sad to say I you know, we may have divergent opinions here. I think Trump is owned. I mean he's basically he's gone back on pretty much every major election campaign. Maybe you could say trade with China, but I mean the wall hasn't been built and Mexico's not gonna pay for it. Hillary hasn't been locked up. <laughs> I mean I could go on that. Well you know uh, he said he was you have to give him NATO. You have to give him the benefit of the doubt because when he put the ball in those Republicans' laps, they act as if it was a snapping alligator, and they wanted to get rid of it as fast as they can. I think that's why a lot of them went on and resigned and quit. But uh, it's interesting, like I don't you know. said. I, I don't know. I mean, he surrounded himself, to me, the point of no returns when he chose Pence. I mean, Pence is deep in the world order. Everyone he surrounded himself with was establishment. And the only people it's seen that he won't replace is his daughter and son-in-law. And again, you go back back to the show. You think tonight a lot of this is his son-in-law, uh, for whatever reason, wanted to push MBS over the others in the royal family. But I would I'd love if Trump was real. I mean, I can't. See, I think the rest well, president is probably Kennedy. I do too, because I, I was hoping that he would. But you know. If, if Trump don't do it, I don't know what's going to happen. All one thing I can say is make sure you keep your ammunition dry and your weapons off. <laughs> because well, no kidding, because we, we, you know we, that there's yeah. somebody's trying. There's a, there's a organized effort to destroy the fabric of the United States, and it exists. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you can no see doubt. it. No, no doubt, no doubt. It's it's in slow motion. I mean, it's it, it's in. The, the main things continue, in other words, you know, we talk about abortion, Republicans won't get rid of it. So there's rhetoric between the parties, but the same things exist, same way that, that they spend the money. The military never shrinks. The same thing, you might have heard the, the, uh, the story that came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, how 
it's probably been, I don't know, for 15 or 20 years they were supposed to legally audit mm-hmm. the Pentagon. They finally got around to it, and they're off a mere $20 trillion or something like that. No one, no one goes – it isn't even that no one even goes to jail. No one's even fired. I mean, it's out of control. I mean, it's just – Yeah, it is. No matter who's you in the White House. <laughs> you talk about abortion. You know, I'm African-American. You know how many babies black women have aborted since 1973? I know. I know it's disproportionately higher. Wow. Nineteen. Wow. That's a whole country. That's that's a whole country over in Africa. Nineteen million in that length of time. I think that last count was about twenty ten. But that was that's at the rate of uh, twelve hundred a day at the high point. Can you imagine that? And then they talk worry about police brutality. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, I'm gonna they, let you go on with it. your show. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate All appreciate right. the call. Call anytime. All right. Have a good okay. night. You listen to KRP Radio Show last Friday night with your guest host Rocco P. We're talking about the CIA versus President Trump, the Hishogi murder. Uh, we are going to take a break now. Be back in a few minutes. <laughs> Yeah! 
was tipped off because Trump's son-in-law had access to the intelligence, and he knew all of the different Saudi, all the different CIA assets in the Saudi royal family. It would make perfect sense now. The CIA wants payback that they suffered that devastating blow. And if that is the case, then it is possible the CIA set up a show. They knew exactly what was going to happen, and they did. They did their own estimate. They basically did their own analysis and knew, in order to push MBS out, they would need a public relations nightmare, and that, in fact, would be the killing of an allegedly innocent man who was masquerading as a journalist who was a CIA asset, Jamal Khashoggi. Just my thoughts. It's quite possible. Let's talk about the CIA. Let's talk about the Central Intelligence Agency a little bit. The CIA was a holdover, basically. It was a uh, it was a World War II organization, the OSS, I believe, the Office of Strategic Services. And if you hadn't heard, at the conclusion of World War II, the United States uh, government did not stop fighting the war. Why do I say that? You could say, you know, there was Armistice Day, you know, stopped in Europe. No, no. The United States never left those bases. The United States now today has about 800 military bases throughout the world. That's why someone like Ron Paul in the past would say that's essentially empire. I would tend to agree with that. It's not defense. So how how this, how did we get the CIA? During World War II, we had the Office of Strategic Services, a military intelligence agency. At the conclusion of World War II, with the War Powers Act, and that was amended once or twice, the U.S. has remained in a state of perpetual war. The OSS became permanent and was then was renamed the CIA or Central Intelligence Agency. And I do not know off the top of my head how many intelligence agencies the U.S. federal government has. I believe it's 11 or 13 at least. The NSA was added in the early 50s. That's the Technology Intelligence Agency. As far as you know, the using technology to spy on people. That's why, if, if you don't know it yet, every phone call, every text message, every email is recorded by the NSA. That is right, without a warrant, it's there. It wasn't a particular program that has gone away. It wasn't just Operation Echelon. It's not just metadata. They don't just see when someone calls at a time. They have the actual information. It's been there. It's out. They have it. A lot of people don't care. And the noose gets tightened around the necks of what's left of the liberties of the United States. In any case, World War II, perpetual war, what else happened? The Department of War stayed. And you say, well, we don't have the Department of War now. Of course not. It's called euphemistically and really uh, jokingly the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense became a permanent structure, permanent part of the American government. As I said before, the caller who was very astute, the Pentagon was supposed to be audited. Oh, I don't know how many times. Uh, I think it's been by law 15, 20 years. The audit finally came out less than a month ago. I don't know, 20, some, some ridiculous, something like 20, 22 trillions missing. And no one seems to care. The Pentagon has even redacted the report that came out. <laughs> so they've admitted they've admitted this amount of money is missing. They don't know why, and then they still continue. They still continue to try and cover it up. But the reality is, they really don't have to. 
for two reasons. Number one, no one in Congress, no one in any of the three federal branches, okay, no one in Congress, no one in the judiciary, no federal court, no Supreme Court, and no one in, in any presidential administration is going to challenge them, period. They're not going to. The other reason which is more disconcerting and to me is that the U.S. people don't care. The U.S. people don't care. They accept their enslavement. It's like the frog in the kettle. Trillions, trillions of dollars gone. No one is held accountable. No one is held accountable at a criminal level or even a civil level. And people think this is normal. So, the War Powers Act was passed after World War II. The U.S. remained in a state of perpetual war. The CIA was birthed then as part of the War Powers Act. We had permanent military infrastructure, and that was really, in one sense, the the last cap, really, the, the last piece of the puzzle, the, the last building block that had to be done to uh, further, really, enslave the U.S. public. Uh, you look at you look at the war between the states, and there's other periods we could look at during the war between the states or the war of northern aggression. Uh, what had been the government, the federal government, had been a, a voluntary association of states, and they used the federal government, the so-called uh, yeah, limited federal government's limited powers, allegedly, but it was a voluntary association of states. Uh, under Lincoln, who was a tyrant, they decided you couldn't leave. It was kind of like the Roach Motel. You could check into the Union, but you couldn't check out. So the, uh, the Confederate States lost. It was not over slavery if you, didn't get, if you didn't get the memo. It was over state sovereignty. So that was one issue that came to the forefront. Lincoln himself, of course, was pronounced racist and wanted to, even before the war as well as after he wanted to return he wanted to make all the blacks in America go back to Africa and I believe the West Indies so Lincoln was a racist he said repeatedly blacks and whites couldn't coexist together that's part of the reason why for example during the Civil War the Union who was supposedly fighting to abolish slavery had segregated units but in the south three black men fought shoulder to shoulder with white men. They understood what was involved, that if the federal government could take the position that a state couldn't leave the Union, what would be next? And now, you know, we have these abominable taxes. Uh, we've got everything recorded. They didn't have the technology then, now they do. Again, every email, text message, every phone call is recorded. No one says anything. Just, just continues to roll on. So the CIA is permanent structure of the perpetual state of war, and the CIA is not supposed to be used incidentally against the U.S. public. It's supposedly, again, having been initially set up as part of the permanent war apparatus, it was supposed to be only existing to pursue foreign intelligence. Of course, that is a lie, and once again, no one is held accountable. A great example, a great snapshot of the CIA's uh, the CIA's powers being abused was involved Kennedy assassination. After JFK was assassinated, even back then, prior to the internet, many, many people, many people, journalists had seen there was 
incredible holes in the story in the Warren Commission. And so people started talking about uh, assassination theories. And the CIA didn't want people exploring that. So they had a concerted effort to defame that, to basically ridicule it. So the CIA basically through you know, the, the media that they then and then controlled and control even more now said, call that. Don't don't use don't use assassination theory when people talk about say it was a conspiracy theory. It was a conspiracy theory to ridicule it. So that's how we got that enshrined in US popular culture, thanks to the CIA. Uh I I had mentioned to the caller in the past, I thought Kennedy was the last real president, meaning this, of course, we've had presidents after JFK. He was the last president to openly oppose the Anglo-American Empire or the New World Order. Kennedy was assassinated for a number of reasons, one which, of which was a paper to come out after he was assassinated. He planned to break up the CIA into a thousand pieces. That would have been beautiful. That That would have been totally beautiful. Uh, that did not happen. He also fired the chairman and joint chiefs of staff. So Kennedy had a long list of enemies in the world order. And now we know there was more than one attempt to assassinate him. They attempted to assassinate him, I believe, at least once prior to Dallas in Michigan. It did not work. But Kennedy was the last, uh, he was the last president to oppose the new world order. One great thing you can check out as far as Kennedy opposing the new world order is uh, you can just do an internet search. I would use Duck Duck Go, Duck Duck Go, or Startpage Startpage.com, and you can look up you can look up Operation Northwoods. Operation Northwoods. Operation Northwoods was a planned uh, series of false flag events. False flag events. Events whereby the U.S. military intelligence agencies would pretend to be Cuba and/or the Soviet Union. And attack ourselves. They wanted. They wanted basically the pretext to invade Cuba. And when Kennedy saw that, when his desk, um, it really started to get in his mind some really, really interesting questions. Such that if he was the president of the United States, then how could such plans even be drawn up? Who who came up with the idea of Operation Northwoods if the president was truly in charge? So I believe it was shortly after that that Kennedy then fired the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But uh, Operation Northwoods, a good part of it, has been declassified. You can see it redacted. Again, go to DuckDuckGo or StarPage.com and look up Operation Northwoods. You could read it yourself. They had nice, nice plans that the Pentagon was playing then, like uh, basically shooting down a uh, commercial jetliner with students on you know, around the Christmas holidays and doing it, disguising U.S. jet as a MiG fighter, again, to blame Cuba. Yeah, great stuff. Just great stuff. So, again, when if someone if someone like me says, you know, 9 was an inside job, meaning that criminal elements in the government uh, ran 9-11, if you believe the official narrative, again, everyone believes 9-11 was a conspiracy theory, incidentally. Uh, everyone does. You either believe it was conspiracy run by a guy on dialysis in a cave, and then he was able to thwart every major U.S. intelligence agency in the Pentagon on one day. Or you believe someone else conspired to do that. And I certainly believe it was people within the United States government that did that. In any case, once again with 9-11, uh, similar to the current Pentagon audit, 
no one goes to jail. You notice that. No one, no one's charged. No one gets fired. You have the greatest domestic terror attack in the United States, in U.S. history, on U.S. soil. No one's held accountable. No, it's it's kind of like children. Yeah, if if you're playing a game, and and one one child doesn't like the way the ball rolled, literally, or what happened, you say do over, make believe it didn't happen. Just do over. Just like oh, it's do over. Okay, three thousand people died. And, you know, the U.S. gets turned into a police state, and the border with Mexico is never never ever sealed to this day, regardless of who's in, in power, whether it's Republican Bush, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, the Democrat, or Donald J. Trump, the alleged Demo- the alleged Republican. doesn't matter. Border with Mexico is still open. But it's okay for them to continue to harass us and make sure we're trained as little prisoners to, or, or, in order to fly. Wait until they get... Wait until they have checkpoints in between states. Wonder if people wake up then if they'll do anything. <clears throat> so getting back to the matter at hand with Hishogi. Why how's this going to turn out for Donald J. Trump? How's this going to turn out? In other words, I said before, I'll say it again, I believe John F. Kennedy was the last American president, meaning he was the last president to oppose the New World Order. So this interesting question now as far as this, uh, this conflict uh, between Trump and the CIA is this. How far will the CIA take this? In other words, Trump is, is owned by the New World Order. Uh, in my mind, there's no debate on that. As I've said before, he surrounds himself with Pence and yeah, all the minions around him, Pompeo. They're all New World Order scum. Uh, these are all disreputable people that are serving the New World Order and not the interest of the United States, period. That's why it's so disconcerting to hear people in the so-called alternative new media uh, turn a blind eye and yeah, basically degenerate into the false paradigm of left versus right again and defend Donald J. Trump, who is criminal. Uh, yeah, Trump is criminal. Uh, <clears throat> it was great when he ran and he said he wanted to disband NATO. Yeah, he, wanted to cool, yeah, he basically wanted to have better relations with Russia. He's going to end NAFTA. It was all lies. It was all a lie. But there is a clear conflict now. The CIA clearly wants NBS out of the picture. Trump, uh, who's, I guess, enamored in part with his daughter and his son-in-law, does not want NBS out of the picture. Of course, uh, the Saudi monarchy will still be corrupt, even if NBS was dead tomorrow. Uh, it's disgusting, Wahhabistic. Uh, yeah, Sharia law country that executes political dissonance and beheads people. That will continue. But in any case, how hard the question is I would leave you with tonight is, how hard is the CIA going to push this against Trump? Right now, right now, it appears they're not going to be able, they can't muster enough with the elements in the press and in Congress to get Trump to really denounce MBS. That's really all that would have to be done for the most part, in my opinion. That's all that would have to be done. If if MBS saw that the United States president, along with yeah, the duopoly, both parties in Congress, denounced him, I think it would be his days would be numbered. So he could either retire in Qatar or, you know, I don't know, play golf somewhere where he could enslave people and have have other slaves and get whatever he wants, but not in Saudi Arabia. 
or maybe he'd go into the Federal Witness Protection Program and end up and play golf in Arizona. I don't know. But I think MBS's days would be numbered. But at this point, there's no indication Trump's going to flip. So that's the question, as this story would unfold, I would ask, uh, how hard will the CIA push to basically get rid of MBS if Trump now is recalcitrant? Again, it is very interesting since they do own Trump, but now Trump is evidently going off script. It may not be as big an issue, once again, because U.S.-Saudi relations will continue even if MBS is out of the way. So this is more an internal conflict. If, in fact, if in fact MBS did uh, basically extort and destroy the power and literally kill some CIA assets, all the CIA assets that had been in Saudi Arabia, or the big ones in the royal family, the CIA certainly doesn't, is not going to forgive and forget that. And that may be why, in, fa- in effect, Khashoggi's dead, because once again, they needed a public relations event to coordinate opposition, to, to galvanize the, and manipulate the U.S. public, to then flip on MBS, who was formerly their poster boy. He was allegedly a reformer. Right, right, he was a reformer. You've listened to the KRP radio show last Friday nights of the month, and actually tonight, last night of the month, with your guest host, Rocco P. Once again, I thank Poggi Miller for the opportunity to use his platform. I will hope to be back next month, last Friday night of the month again. Uh, You've been listening to the KRP radio show. Have a great night and weekend. KRP radio!